Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about another way to follow Other Men Need Help. Not many people know this, but the series actually got a lot of its episode ideas from a monthly newsletter I started years ago, and I'm bringing it back, this time weekly. Starting this summer, you can get weekly stories, short films, and suggestions for what to read, listen, and react to in the world of masculinities. You can sign up at markpagan.substack.com. That's me, Mark with a K, P-A-G-A-N, at substack.com. Membership is totally free, and there will be bonus content coming for those that want to pay. Again, join the extended Other Men community this summer at markpagan.substack.com. Did anybody notice that when the vampires got aroused, their fangs would come out? Yeah. And was that symbolism for penises? <laughs> the attendees of the Smutty Book Club group get together every month to dissect the level of bodiness in their most recent reads. He just like climbs on top of her and then she comes instantly. Like, <laughs> Can we read a book where, like, she, like, struggles to get the O? <laughs> I feel like that would be- October's book was Dead Until Dark, the first entry in the True Blood series. It was not a success with the group. A little too PG-13. I didn't finish it because I got bored. It was non-sexy and also... There was murder. I wasn't into the characters. Since it's a book club, every month the group votes on a new title. It's a democracy, so everyone is allowed to offer input. And I would say they do judge a book by its cover. We're going to choose a book based on its cover. The first book is recommended by Jenny, Room 22, Hide and Seek by Myla Crawford. And in this cover are three super fit guys and one super curvy lady. Next is recommended by Olga. It is the portrait of a Scotsman. And that one is some sort of 1920s photography cover. And she's taking the portrait. I attended the book club on this fall evening partly because I love salacious talk, but also to talk about book covers like these. And I brought my own to get their feedback on. Healing the Cowboy's Heart. (laughs) I love a cowboy. Healing the Cowboy's Heart is a romance novel by Ruth Logan Hearn with a cover featuring a 20-something hottie who's tipping his dark cowboy hat to someone out of frame. He's on a horse with jeans and a denim western shirt. Sort of has a Mario Lopez, Dean Cain masculine look. Dark, athletic, with I'll pick you up and hold you, pecs and forearms. The thing about the cowboys is they tuck the shirts in. And there's nothing sexier than tucking your shirt in. You know, you gotta tuck in that shirt so you can see the butt and stuff. Oh my God, they added a mullet to me. Like, (laughs) in the front cover. So that mullet you see was photoshopped. Our cowboy was played by Rolando Chuson, an actor most recently seen on ABC's Promised Land, and an occasional romance cover model. 
I was friends with some people who did romance novel covers and then someone recommended me and then they were like, hey, we like your look. Do you want to do this? So my dad was an Ecuadorian cowboy is what I like to call him. And I was like, this is just perfect. Can you walk us through the photo shoot? I opened the door. This is photographer guy. He's like, okay, now I want you to like get these gloves, put them in the back of your pants and now just basically pretend to ride this horse. I'm on this like wood saddle thing and everything else in that thing was just photoshopped. <laughs> it was so unsexy. I grew up with book covers like these. My grandmother who lived with us kept piles of them next to her rocking chair. I thought they were silly even then, but I'm starting to reevaluate that thinking. The same way I used to say, oh, advertising doesn't have an effect on me, while wearing three things with visible labels on them. Over time, I found my own ways of interpreting the ingredients of what makes a desirable cover boy. I'll just say brooding was the key word for me, and still is in many ways. Admittedly, I've often gotten the idea of what's desirable wrong. Or maybe I've gotten it right, but for the wrong audience. And I bet other men have too. I've got an assignment that we're going to do right now on this call. Ooh, cool. We need to create an image of a man that screams sex appeal. Roughly the same demographic that might be reading the romance. What would be Rolando's ingredients to make this a successful picture or character of masculine sex appeal? Let's go outside of a castle. It's like just after a storm the clouds are just opening up so there's like a ray of sunshine a little bit there you have a helmet you have a cool night helmet and he's shirtless for some reason and the armor's on the floor and he's holding this like huge sword or something or maybe he like has it planted on the ground and he's looking at the floor and he's probably super gritty and like oh my god i couldn't save this princess or prince whatever and maybe he has a scar, like right in the middle of his chest. <laughs> and maybe some sweat. He's all bloody. He just came back from a crazy battle. <laughs> How about uh, I'll throw a mullet in there <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> and there it is. There's, there's my version of sexy masculinity. Do you have a title for what something like that would be called? It's called Sword and Bone. I'm Mark Payan, and you're listening to Other Men Need to Save the Princess. I, on the other hand, I'm going to go and make this moat look really nice. I don't think it's very welcoming. I think that we wouldn't need this dramatic music if we just had a better garden here. You guys do whatever you need to do with the castle and all that. Let's just make sure we clean up this front area a little bit. Romance novel covers have been on my mind recently, mostly because I started viewing a lot of the online world through this lens. It's a theory I shared with the book club. And I think we're in an interesting place culturally, and I'm not trying to lay this metaphor too hard, but we are in a place culturally where we are curating our image more than any other generation in the past. So we are in effect creating our own romance novels. Like we are creating our own book covers of like, 
will you buy this? Will you spend time with this person? And there are ways of garnering attention we get wrong with these self-made book covers. The smutty book club attendees are tired of the taking a shirtless selfie and holding a fish tropes that some men do to garner tender hookups. Or even the romance novel covers someone like Rolando or I might design based on what we think is sexy. I want to see the posed one with the casual ones. I want to see a mixture. Uh-huh. You know, with dog. Wait, yeah. one with their dogs or their cats or their, <laughs> well, you like know, this. kids' friends. I want to see both because they're going to see all aspects of you. During my visit to the Smutty Book Club, I had two pictures to share with the group. The first was the romance cover featuring Rolando as a hunky cowboy. The second was a regular guy posing in front of a wall, casually doing a self-inspection on a hip outfit. short sleeve button-up, new jeans, fresh kicks, stylish glasses. The group was pretty much in agreement. This was a successful thirst trap photo. Feels like a, like a cute flex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like not an obnoxious flex, like a cute flex. Oh. Oh no, I like that. He's got a great outfit on. He's not staring at you. He's dressed nice. He's an interesting background. Yeah. I got a bunch of smiles and cutes from the group. But then one of the attendees had an interesting reaction to the book club's reaction. I think like we say that a lot of times when someone is like of a certain size, Mm -hmm. I feel like the first photo we would never say, oh, that's cute. But if he was like not that, he was like the first guy, you wouldn't be saying that's cute. Cute is a nice I don't know, it's like a sweet term and it's a nice term, but if the first guy was doing that exact same pose, I don't know if we would have said cute. As someone who's like cute outfit though. I I was reacting to the photo in the the context of knowing that this was a photo that he felt good about himself. There's something comforting about a man being big. People used to call me like a teddy bear, which I hated because I'm like, no one wants to have sex with a teddy bear. When Ronald Young Jr. and I started talking, He had just gotten out of a relationship. He's in his 30s. And as often happens when a relationship ends, the breakup spotlighted areas of his life he wanted to change. Some of those were professional. Some were more personal, namely losing weight or becoming more comfortable with how he looks. I've never been comfortable with being called fat. It's always been an insult. It's always been a bad thing. Over the course of two years of calls and Zooms and in-person chats, we talked a lot about what turned out to be a transitional time for Ronald. At the beginning of our time chatting, he was back on the market, mainly on apps, trying to show off a peak Ronald vibe to any prospective partners. It's not just that. He wanted to feel as attractive as he did during a summer job many years back. There's these two summers where I worked at this fat camp and there was this girl and we had just started to like, you know, you know, make out, become intimate, if you will. And I took my shirt off and she said, oh, my God, look at you. And I was like, (laughs) I think I carry that moment with me. It's encapsulated inside of my mind and I have it at any given time. It's, It's just in the back of my mind. And that is probably what I want to get back to is to be, because I wasn't even like I had ripped abs or anything. I was just slimmer and it just, everything looked like it was supposed to be where it was. 
I don't necessarily want to ever be that small again, but I do want to feel that good about myself again. Validation has been external, but so have Ronald's sources of what's considered hot. He's adapted that definition over the years from whoever he felt offered good guidance, even recently adopting a little advice from Channing Tatum. I remember Channing Tatum said this once. It was when he was doing Magic Mike. He says, it's really hard for men to be sexy. And I was like, what are you talking about? Channing Tatum is saying this. Channing Tatum, who never wears a shirt, who dances all the time. He was like, it's really harder for us as men to like put the label on what women find sexy or sexually attractive. When was the last time that you saw yourself as sexy, or you can use a different adjective, mm. cool, sexy, hot? I posted a picture on Instagram about a week ago, and I was like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I felt good because I had the right shirt on, I had a very good pose. I like, I, I made sure I, uh, I highlighted my attributes, all of that. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that there was this one girl I was, I was kind of talking to who uh, didn't like the picture. And I almost wanted to reach out to her, send it to her, be like, did you not see this picture? <laughs> did you miss this picture? So I went to Instagram to check out the picture Ronald was talking about. Okay, is this you checking your shirt sleeve? Yes. Picture? Yes. Yeah, you do look really good in this picture. I agree. Thank you. I've been loving you, baby, for a mighty long time. And this is the picture I showed to the book club members. Above everything else, the photo displays a confident, approachable, and stylish man. I feel like that dissonance... My goal is to close the gap on that dissonance every day until it's like in focus. And I'm like, what I see in the mirror, that is who you are. It's the image in your mind. It's the image in the mirror. Ronald has decided to use photography, in so many words, to make his own romance novel covers for the world. And I think that's what taking pictures kind of helps me do. It helps me close the gap between what I think I look like and what I actually look like and put forth more effort to actually look how I think I look and embrace that look. Ronald's ongoing battle is to break past the limited body types that Ronald's brain tells him are desirable. What are some of the markers for what you now consider like merits of sexiness? In terms of like what I see it always has to do with like the physical and like how flat the stomach is, how big the arms are, how many abs there are. You know what I mean? I think that that's always been the marker for me because I feel like that's what I've been trained to believe and see. And it's mostly because of the responses that I see from women and men, to be honest, like women like doing, oh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, like that. But also us like looking at football players and looking at like Hulk Hogan in the 90s being shredded. Us looking at that and tying that to masculinity. I saw a Michael B. Jordan commercial, and I realized I do this every time Michael B. Jordan shows up in something. I automatically touch my abs. Like, I just <laughs> automatically. I don't even think he's shirtless all that much. It's the visceral response to seeing his body show up and just going like, oh. This is the case for all of us. Although Michael B. Jordan is objectively fine, none of us look like that. But it presents many men, like Ronald and myself, with a goal. 
not just for what we should look like, but for what others find desirable in a man. And part of the problem for Ronald is that it's hard to find bodies like his on screen, in magazines, or videos. And when he does, it's rare to see them viewed as sexy. There was no teen beat for plus-size people like when we were teenagers. There was no like music videos for big guys that was not Biggie. That being said, when it came to bringing out his sex appeal in photos, the Biggie era is kind of where Ronald started. Or at least that's what he considered cool and sexy at a certain time. My whole image in my head was that I need to look like any of the rappers in any, or rappers or R&B people in any 90s video, music video. For me, it all connects back to Hype Williams because we go back to those videos and we go back to the, and the rapper, when they start talking at the beginning, they'd be like, hey, yo, girl, you know, come over and see him black guy down the street. And then they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, my name's Big Papa and I'm on the right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how the song started. I just want to be clear how, how pervasive this was. I used to walk around in my house in slow motion. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about. And then I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to get on the bus. And it's going to be like, uh. And I'd be walking in slow motion onto the bus. And everybody's going to be like, yeah, Ronald. It's going to be nuts. That's what we think we're supposed to look like. So, like, being able to have those moments now, like, on Instagram where you're just like, bam, picture. And people are like, the likes are the flashes and the slow motion and all the stuff that we thought we were getting in high school. And the person who's helping him look like he's the star of his own Hype Williams video, romance novel, or Tiger Beat photo spread. Have we ever done Flash? Is Pamela. Ronald and Pamela have known each other for five-ish years. He saw some of her work, and following some initial conversations, Ronald thought Pamela would understand how he wanted to be seen. I was like, hey, can you take some pictures of me? And she said yes. She took the earliest, like, oh, man, these photos are great photos. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I think it's also the first photos you look at and you feel like, the version you see in the mirror. Yeah. Because, like, especially me as, like, a plus-size person, when I look in the mirror, I see one thing and other people look at me and see something else. But I like photos of myself where I'm like, ah, the me I see every day. And I look my best. What's your favorite photo that Pam has taken of you? So there's a picture where I am in my house. I'm wearing brown uh, lamb, I think they're called, joggers. Tan and darker brown Air Max 90s, a blue chambray shirt, and a white V-neck t-shirt underneath. And I'm sitting on the side of my couch, and I'm looking, like, into the light. And that's probably one of the favorite photos that (laughs) that Pam has taken of me. That's one of my favorite photos, too. (laughs) Honestly, that's also, like, our first shoot where, like... It clicked in your mind the way that I was directing you. Yeah. And then the result. Yeah. Equaling a great photo. What's coming across in that photo? What's successful about it? I just broke up. So I got into the new apartment and I was sitting there on my couch and I was sitting on a hardwood floor and I'm like, I got to get a rug. So I bought the rug and the rug is in the picture. And I'm saying all that because when I look at this picture, it feels optimistic. And I feel like 
that's what I feel like is coming through, which is, is like a bit of optimism. And this represented a part of my life when I felt pretty bad. Like I, I didn't feel good, but I was like trying to feel good. And so it feels like I'm, I'm moving towards the light in a good way. In this conversation about the photos that Pamela took of him, out of everything Ronald said, there was this reflection that really, really stood out to me. If there's not a measure of desirability of me as a person, then it makes me feel extremely insecure. This is the type of picture that, like, I'm like, if I would have saw more pictures of this with dudes, like, growing up, I felt like this would have made me feel, like, a little bit more comfortable. I am in a continuous love-hate relationship with social media and the amount of time I spend online. A lot of that has to do with the incredible me, me, me-ness that I see, and yes, I too am guilty of. And when I hear Ronald say this about the pictures he sees of himself, I have a lot more patience for all of us on social media. Because it is an opportunity to feel desired for those that often don't have visual examples of it. Why do you think there's a discrepancy in terms of love interests and size? I feel like for men, I'm like, if you're tall, if you're like over a certain height and you're not necessarily fat, but like big, you know what I mean? They'll brand you as like a lumberjack or like big Matt or whatever. And that'll still be hot. Like, oh my God, he's like, I want to climb that mountain and all that. That's the type of stuff they'll say. But there's just a certain type of dude that they just, they will not sexualize Mm -hmm. on television. I know it has something to do with the male gaze and the female gaze, Mm -hmm. G-A-Z-E. I know it has something to do with that. I agree with the male gaze. There's like something about men's magazines and how on the covers of men's magazines, it's always still like ripped guys. And that's because it's for (laughs) other guys to be like, that's what I want to be. We are catering everything to men and the way men have dealt with how they want things to be done. Everything just feels catered to men, especially as a woman. But that's also why I have you take my pictures. I don't do dude photographers. Yeah. There's also just like, you know, how the industry was for a long time as it was male dominated. It's still male dominated technically, I think. But a lot of women have come onto the scene in the last several few decades. Anytime that I look at a guy's portfolio, it is more of like the exception than the rule that I find one where I'm like, oh, those are all like really nice. I can see that there's like emotion in it also. Ultimately, Pamela is not aiming for Ronald to just look contemplative in photos. It's got to have some sex appeal. And along with their familiarity, there are other reasons why Ronald uses Pamela's eyes to find that magic ingredient. Any image where it has been thought out and the energy behind it ends up being really great and everything does click together, ends up just presenting one of the better versions of you, it becomes a thirst trap. Just like, I think masculinity comes from some degree, like letting go of needing to be anything in particular in front of the camera and being willing to be vulnerable in front of the camera. And there is maybe the stamp of success for Pamela, being more vulnerable. If you survey all the images of men and their fit bods and tight abs, there's something consistent missing from most of these pictures. There's no joy. And in order to be both desirable and approachable, you have to invite someone in. 
That's where Pamela and Ronald find the ingredient in making him the cover boy of his own romance novel. What do you like to capture in Ronald? Definitely his smile. Anytime that I can get him to like genuinely smile. You know, we're both really goofy people, so there is a good like third of the session is me just being like, Ronald, stop making that face. (laughs) Stop doing that. But then it gets that reaction, and then that's the smile that I wanted, you know? What do you like seeing in yourself? I think my smile is probably my best feature. I guess because like I like to bring joy to a room and I like to make people laugh and smile, and that impact on people feels more important to me than anything else. And I think the only only times I've ever felt like inadequate in that sense is, I mean, besides like me feeling like less than confident about how I look, is when I've been in a room and I haven't been able to make the people in the room feel good or feel like accepted or comfortable or like we could have a good time. So when I look in the mirror, like I feel like I I wanna be able to exude like that joy and that optimism and happiness that I generally feel, even when I don't feel so good. Like I feel like there's always like a sliver of hope and a sliver of optimism in there and I want that to shine through. And that's what I feel like I try to convey when I smile. The most recent photo shoot had Pamela snapping pictures of Ronald in holiday wear and a winter ensemble. Gloves, a hat, Christmas pajamas, a warm, attractive presence in the middle of a cold season. Could we get a preview? So here's one of them. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Whoa. What is the look on Ronald's face? Six. No. (laughs) No, there is a... (laughs) This is like when we get into like our model zone together. Yes. And this is like, you know, after years of getting comfortable with each other, we can make the face we know we need to make to like elevate the photo to like this is not just your mama taking a photo in the backyard of you anymore this is like a professional's taking a photo with you you're using a professional camera you've got the face down so i think that's like full on his model face i have a blank face that like and, and i really don't like it that what models do they're imagine relaxing your entire face and then just dead eyeing into the camera that's the <laughs> like a lobotomy correct <laughs> yes you know what i'm talking about how does this all change ronald's fight with beauty standards he knows that just sharing these photos can't change an ingrained cultural outlook overnight But by posting them, he can try to change his. This whole journey in taking pictures, especially now, has been trying to just consistently look good, no matter how much weight I have on me, whether I have a lot, whether I have a little, whatever. The one thing you guys are all gonna say is like, that's a good looking picture. Sometimes I like just making him do ridiculous stuff because it makes me laugh. It's not about the photo. That's our literally that's our friendship. It is. <laughs> and then walk towards me. Do a good like hand play. That would be a very nice sentiment to end on. 
But since I made this whole thing about romance novels, I had to ask Ronald, what would be on his cover? Probably me sitting in a chair, smiling at the camera, wearing glasses, fully clothed, maybe in a baseball t-shirt, looking comfortable, not looking sloppy, but just looking comfortable. It's funny because as you said that, (laughs) you asked me that question, I realized the picture that immediately popped in my mind was the picture where I'm sitting on my couch in a raglan t-shirt with black sweatpants. I really like that picture. And for me, the idea of a guy, you know, comfortably sitting on a couch for me reflects uh, some sort of safety and protection. And I feel like that is a romantic ideal. It's me being warm, inviting and kind. And I'm learning that that is good enough for desire. What would the name of that book be? (laughs) Rolling with Ronald. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so hard to figure out, like the, the romance novels that they have now are like, they're so, the names are so cheesy. They're just like horseman. This episode was written, hosted, and executive produced by Mark Pagan. This episode was produced by Shanice Tendall and Rebecca Seidel. Our season's lead producers are Caitlin May Burke, Ben Goldberg, and Rebecca Seidel. Nemani Otero is our producer. Shanice Tendall is our associate producer. Rebecca is our lead engineer. Ben is our lead editor. Our researchers this season are Shanice and Bay Wang. Tuck Woodstock is our sensitivity listener. Noah Hofelder is our intern. Season four production mascots are Soka the furry baby and the late sweet pity pig named Lena. If you listen closely, you can hear Lena snoring in some of the tape this season. Original music this season comes from Fulton Street Music Group, composed by Ed Duran, produced by Alex Fulton, with additional instrumentation by Ryan Chamberlain and Liam Moore as well as original music from Blue Dot Sessions. Season four, illustrations done by the magical hands of Daniel de la Huerta. Special thanks to Dawn and the members of the Smutty Book Club. And if you liked what you heard from Ronald, he has a podcast coming out soon called Wait For It. That's W-E-I-G-H-T. It's personal and lovely and quite a treat. And you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Can you take 20 seconds right now to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts? It is such an easy way to help the show and to help others find it. If you take a screenshot and send it to us, we will mail you an Other Men button. We've done it before. We will do it again. Email us at othermenneedhelp at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, adios, ciao, ciao, bye, yay, ay. Yeah, yeah.
In a time of war, disease, and questionable accents, one man had the courage to fight for love while shirtless and on roller skates. From the acclaimed writer Olivia de Monte Cristo comes her newest novel, The Night from Venice Beach. An epic romance about a man from the future who accidentally roller skated into a time machine and found himself in a medieval era, caught in a love affair between a prince and a princess. Will his love heal two warring nations, or will it destroy them? Or will the pages just be dedicated to him explaining the concept of neon to everyone? There's only one way to find out. By taking a ride with this knight. The Knight from Venice Beach by Olivia Monte Cristo. Coming this summer. Pick up your copy today at Walden Books and Lake Forest Wheaton or Montgomery Mall.